Amen. Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. The light of the world. Let's look at uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, and verse um, 18 and 19. And Hi, Han. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, and verses 18, 19, probably 20, probably 21. Um, Praise the Lord. Okay, so Jesus, um, in the context of, of this chapter, he's speaking with a religious leader, um, an elite group, well, a person from a, an elite group, a Pharisee. Pharisee was a lawyer. Okay, a lawyer in the Torah. They knew the four books of Moses by art. Uh, they knew everything about what the Messiah would do and, and so forth. And, um, and this uh, Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, there was something that was troubling him. Because although they saw themselves as being elite and but he came to Jesus, the Bible says, by night. The Bible actually put that in, by night. So obviously he did not want the rest to see him. Because obviously to be hanging around Jesus wasn't a good thing for a Pharisee. Because according to them, we are fine. We are Abraham's offspring. Not only that. We are the one that gives the law to the people and teach them. So although they did that, but they themselves really did not live what they speak. Jesus says, do what they, do what they say, but don't do what they do. And so you can see that these uh, um, uh, Pharisees that uh, had the Torah, the word of God, uh, um, and the pride, the arrogant, they were an elite group, they, uh, uh, an exclusive group, people were there, they were up there, and, and so forth. So um, Nicodemus was really curious, and um, obviously saw something in Jesus, knew something that was empty inside of him, and so he came uh, to Jesus by night. And, and we continue uh, uh, in this, and Jesus is saying, and uh, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. I want the Christian to understand that this is, this is very clear. We know this is pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so notice what Jesus says. He uses the word believe. Some people believe that because of their good works, their deeds that they do, or if they are part of another religion being committed, devoted, and sincere to that religion, God would pardon them and they will get into heaven. If they don't believe, which means to trust Jesus alone. So Jesus is exclusive. You cannot be saying you'll trust Jesus, but you still believe in other ways to get to Jesus. Are you hearing me, church? This is so important because this is what's happening with many Christians because they don't hear the word of God being preached as it should. And so you may know, I guess every one of us here may know of um, people who are not Christians, but they do a lot of good things. They're nice people to be around. And uh, it, you think, wow, if only that person was a Christian. I don't know if you've come across such individuals. Oh, that person should be a Christian. That person should be a Christian because they, they are hospitable, they are kind, they are generous, they 
perhaps uh, give of themselves to help a, a charity and, and raise lots of money for charity. And you're thinking, wow, that's a really good person. It's so easy to look at that and think that person is going to heaven. If that person, he or she, does not believe Jesus Christ alone for salvation, we must understand this. Because philosophically, intellectually, people are thinking, well, you know, that's not fair. And they, you know, they use all their emotions and everything. But what they forget, those Christians, is the horrific violence of the cross that Jesus Christ suffered for sin. It was for sin, not his sin, because he who knew no sin became an offering for our sins. So there's no sin on Christ's part. He was sinless. He was perfect. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So looking at the cross, and when the cross is not being preached, then you can easily take salvation for granted and thinking it's a very light thing. And when you look at someone who is hospitable and kind and giving of themselves to other charitable work and raising funds, and you're thinking, that person is a good person. That person is a nice person. I know they don't go to church and don't believe in Jesus Christ, but wow, that's, they're doing what Christians should be doing. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that Jesus Christ will let them in. I'm sure if they were to die, they, they would get a ticket to heaven. Church, nothing could be further from the truth. And we must understand that that's why we must do our best earnestly to be interceding and praying for souls. And if you know such a person that is doing all these good deeds, perhaps it could be some of the difficult people to actually reach because they'll say, well, look what I'm doing. They say, look what I'm doing based on my work. I'm going to heaven. Half of Christians are even doing what I'm doing. And you'll find they could be some of the most difficult people to, to enter heaven. Now, there's, there's another group. Oh, Lord, God is doing something here. There's another group of people that are not saved, but they think they're saved. They will say, well, I believe in Jesus. So this is an intellectual assent. But they're not trusting and they're not committed to him. Hello? They say, well... I believe in Jesus, although I don't go to church, I don't read my Bible, but I believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. This is another deception. It's trusting Jesus and being committed. So you got folks in church at giving their life to Jesus, but they're not committed. They're not trusting. They're just saved intellectually. They're just saying, well, I'm a Christian because I'm going to church. You, those kind of people stand in a very difficult situation. Are you trusting him? Are you learning to trust him and committed to him? Or are you committed to your own ventures and your own pleasures and, and whatever. This is some of the dangers in church. Let's get back to the word of God, shall we? Wow, this is, God is bringing out something wonderful. But he who does not believe is condemned. What does that word condemned mean? To be damned. That's what it means. If, if you do not trust Jesus Christ alone for salvation... And are committed to him. The Bible says here, it's not my words. It's not what I think. I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says you are condemned already. So unless a person comes to a place of brokenness, recognizing my God, I am a sinner. And Jesus, you are the Savior. Lord, have mercy on me. And forgive. 
forgive me. Unless a person comes to that place, he or she can never be saved. You meet people, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to church. I'll get saved one day. So they, they know in their hearts that Jesus is real. They probably were grown up in church or whatever. And, and, uh, and they know that Jesus is the Savior. But they love this world so much. They know that I need to get saved. Yes, I believe but they're looking at the world. The world is pulling them. All these sinful pleasures of the world is attracting them. Some of, them are, some of our family members. They know you're a Christian. Some of them grew up in church. They heard the word of God. Some of them received Jesus and they backslid because of a girlfriend or a boyfriend or for money and pleasure, whatever. Friends, friends. And so we need to intercede for them. They cannot pray for themselves, so you must stand in the gap till they come to a knowledge and understanding that, my God, if I die in my sins, without the opportunity to say, Lord, have mercy on my soul, the flames of hell is waiting for such people. The church needs a revelation of hell. May God reveal hell to the church. How terrible, horrific that place is. So that it would force us on our knees. Oh my God, Lord, I wouldn't want my worst enemy there. Thank God for social media because God has had individuals and giving them experience, near-death experiences. And there are so many of these near-death experiences that have been recorded. It was by a, a non-believing uh, doctor, and he interviewed over, I think, 12,000 cases. Because, you know, some people believe it's the drugs, it's this, it's that, the medicine, uh, the medication that's causing them in hallucination. And he says it cannot be that because it changes their lives. Been all over the world interviewing people that God has allowed them to literally be dangled over the flames of hell. And they come back and their lives are radically transformed because they've seen hell, they've seen demons. They, some of them experience the pain and imagine that never stops for all eternity it will continue that's why jesus suffered so much he was being punished for our sins the one who knew no sin did no sin committed no sin became sin for us that's why the judgment for those who heard and rejected Jesus Christ as the only source of salvation, the only way of salvation, the Bible says, he who does not believe is condemned already. Not my words. It's the word of God. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment. This is why people are going to hell. It's right there because they have not believed. Believe means is to trust Jesus alone and to be committed to him. People say, just receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you shall be saved. People come down, people receive Jesus Christ, but there's no really change in their lives. It was an emotional experience. There was no godly sorrow for sin. And yet you have churches that are not even mentioning the name sin, the word sin anymore. Because they don't want to offend. These wishy-washy churches shut down 
these ministers who resign and get out of the pulpit. They're an offense to the gospel and to our Lord Jesus Christ because of what Christ has went through. And they're no longer mentioning the word sin because they don't want to offend people. Get out of the pulpit. You're a disgrace. While souls are entering hell every day, hell enlarges itself to accommodate the many that are falling into that dreadful place. Oh my God. When I think of all the carnival uh, ravers going out and you look at all these souls and you're just thinking, my God, these girls are practically naked. And uh, Sunday is the children's carnival and um, all the pedophiles are in the area. All the pedophiles, because the way these parents dress their little ones in these skimpy stuff and they're doing all these sexual dance. My God, a pedophile haven. We must understand that as the time of Jesus Christ is, that is drawing nearer, that sexual sins and crimes and way of life is just going to be a norm. There's going to be no shame. The shame is literally, as I think Annika Winnicom said, it's completely dead because now you have um, those private channels and that has increased, as said, exponentially of young girls, even younger than 16, uh, are signing up to those channels and they're making up to, some of them up to 30,000 a month. It's no longer a moral thing, it's a woman's choice. It's no longer something that is shame, it's a woman's choice. This women's liberation movement is gone perverted now where it was about equal rights, giving the women equal rights to vote, it has now gone to another level. Perversion, morality doesn't even exist. If it's a choice, then it's a, their choice. This is what we hear bantering around a, a, a lot. These are the last days where they're calling good evil and evil good. We're in that time, church. We're in that time. And what we must do, we, we've got to look at these people with love. That Jesus loves them. It makes us sick to the depth of the problem that we've got to remember where we're coming from. Had it not been for his grace, where would we be today? We cannot look at these people with disdain. Jesus Look on these people and he weeps. And he's saying, oh Lord, who will go? Who will go and, and reach these people? Who will tell them? Who will tell them? Who will despise the, uh, the offense of being probably ignored and rejected? Who would go and let them know that I died for them? And regardless of what they have committed, they will be forgiven. Oh, that's wonderful news, right? Oh, that's the good news. If we can share the gospel, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you have done. And even they may say to you, well, you don't know if you knew what I have done. You know that God cannot forgive me. We don't need to know what you have done. You just need to know what Christ did. His grace is greater than your depravity of sin and debauchery. His grace is greater than that. And this is what has been entrusted to the born-again believer to share this gospel. It's a simple gospel. We don't have to make things complicated and get people to do some kind of a works for their salvation. It is free. You don't 
scale the fish before you catch it. You catch the fish first. In other words, let them come with all their warts and all. No matter who they are. Oh, you don't know that this person is a prostitute. Oh, you don't know that this person is... Come to Jesus. Oh, this person is an alcoholic. This person is a drug addict. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you, the alcoholic. He loves you, the drug addict. He loves you, you the, poor, the, the promiscuous person. He hates the sin. That's what the cross was about. To pay, to pay for their sins. Oh God, thank you. And it's already paid for. It's already paid for. You don't do any works. You believe and receive. Isn't that simple, church? That's the truth of the gospel. It's only us preachers that makes it so complicated. Preachers make the gospel so complicated. They have, they, they judge certain category of people. When we understand, oh, thank you, Jesus, that 2,000 years ago, every sin, whatever it may be, was nailed, was nailed to the cross. Jesus Christ became a what? Curse for us. Cursed is he who hangs on the tree. Jesus became our curse. Amazing. Lord, your amazing grace. It is so outrageous. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God that my sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. My sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the Hey, praise the Lord, the blood of Jesus. It washes and it leaves no stains. It leaves no stains. Our blood leaves a stain. But the blood of Jesus is not just ordinary, but it is precious. The Bible calls it precious blood. My Lord, I haven't even finished this yet. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, God is good. God is good. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light. Now, when you find this expression, light, used as a metaphor um, throughout the New Testament. And um, the Jews understood when Jesus was saying, I'm the light of the world. Because a lot of metaphor in the Old Testament concerning light, you got the, 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 the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that was a light. The Moses, the burning bush, that was a light. They understood. So they understood when Jesus was mentioning light that he was talking about, hey, I'm the Messiah. It's only we in the West that doesn't understand a lot of these uh, 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 synonyms and stuff like that. That we says, oh, where did Jesus say I'm God and worship me and stuff like that? And, but Jesus made it very clear. The Jews knew what he was saying. No one said what he said. No one. And in this passage, it's very, very clear of what he's saying. And this is a condemnation that the light, who is Jesus, the author of salvation, the only one that can save, the only one that can forgive, and the only judge that every person will stand before to give an account for their sins. On judgment day, it will be Jesus, the judge, that people will stand uh, 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 before. Okay? That has come into uh, the world, and here it is. You want to know the reason why people don't want to come to Christ? It's not a political thing. It's a moral thing. It's a moral thing, all right? Here it is. Light has come into the world, and men, people love what? Darkness. So darkness is a representation. It's a symbol of sin. They love this sin. That's why I gave you that category of people. Yes, I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, I, I, I will get saved. I know I'm going to get saved one day. Perhaps that day never comes. Some people, my friends used to say when I was really, really young, they said, well, when I get older, you know, the longer you have a habit, it's harder to kick it. And some of those who are the oldest who never come to Christ are the most difficult to reach for Jesus Christ. 
Oh, when I get old, when I get older, why? Because you think, well, I want to enjoy the pleasures of this world. You may never get to enjoy the pleasures of this world. Your life may be taken out, snuffed out, just like that. Because there's a devil that's watching you. There's a devil that has heard you. And he will do everything in his power to make sure that he takes your breath out of your body before you had the chance to say, Lord, have mercy. Young and old are dying. It's appointed unto man once to die and after death comes with judgment. And as I said, we all have an expiry date on our lives. We don't know when our number is going to be up. We feel great. We feel strong. We feel that we're going to live for a million years. But the Bible says we're just vapor. We're like grass. It's flourishing. The next moment, it's cut down like a beautiful flower, blossoming. The next day, it's withered and gone. What happened to that person? I can't believe that person is dead. We've had enough shocks in our lifetime. When we heard uh, Lady Diane died, it, was, it shocked the nation, didn't it? The nation couldn't function. There are more people on uh, uh, depression uh, uh, tablets than ever before in that time. People just could not believe that this woman, so young, had everything ahead of her, was gone, was taken out. And, and, and that's, you see, when that happens, you realize your mortality. That regardless of how strong you are, how healthy you are, you could be flourishing one moment and the next you're gone. And you've gone into eternity. Heaven or hell. No purgatory. To all my Roman Catholic friends, there is no such thing as purgatory. You've been sold a lie from hell. We're going to reach our Roman Catholic friends with love. Let them know they're deceived. They've been deceived. Bowing before a statue, an image, and say, that's Mary. Hell, Mary, mother of God, forgive me for I have sinned. Say that 12 times, the priest say, and you can go on your way. Where does it say that in the Bible? One mediator, the Bible says, between man and God. And that mediator is who? Jesus, Christ Jesus, not Mary, not Apostle Peter, not Apostle Paul, not Apostle John. Some people probably were watching, they're getting mad, but it's the truth. I tell you the truth. Do you not hate me, Paul says, because I tell you the truth? That's what true love is. Oh, this crazy thing. Oh, we're supposed to love everybody. What is, what is love according to the word of God? Love is letting you know the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It's not love by this world's standards. It's the love of God by his standards. But I'm telling you the truth. Whether you love me or hate me, you, this is a cancel culture. Cancel you. Unlike you, where a lot of ministers are preaching to get that like, to get the numbers up on their viewing. Because there's a lot of money to be made on YouTube. Get that plaque. Half a million viewers that have now registered. I'm not preaching for likes. I'm not preaching to get around pulpits. I'm preaching for his glory because he's the one that I will stand before one day. No one could stand and give an account for me. I would have to give an account for myself. You would have to give an account for yourself. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? You heard about Jesus. What have you done? My God, many Christians, heads are just going to be down. Some may hear, depart from me. I never knew you. Worker of iniquity. And men love darkness rather than light 
because their deeds, deeds are works, what, what you are doing. Oh, I like a bit of pornography every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. Their deeds were evil. Being disingenuous when they fill out their tax form. When it comes to money, they have a love for it. Money is not evil. The love for it is evil. So you are dodgy. You are crooked in your dealings. Uh, 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 to get money, their deeds were evil. People don't want to give that up. But you want to gain and you may gain the money, the popularity, the prestige, the influence, the power, and lose your soul. And lose your soul. How many years do we have on this life? 75 years? 85 years? 95 years? Some people believe that's great. 100 years now, so many people are living to 100. But compared to eternity? Compared to eternity? I mean, your mind cannot even process that. It's a drop in the ocean. And... Christians are living dodgy lives to gain the world, to gain some kind of self-importance, the accolade of men, and heaven is silence concerning them. Heaven don't even know them. They have all the popularity in this life. But no one knows them in heaven. I want to be known in heaven. When God said concerning Abraham, shall we keep from Abraham what's going to happen? And this is it. This is, this is the, the reason why People are not coming to Christ. So, so you may say, Pastor, what can we do? Because we know a lot of people in that category. Now that our eyes have been opened because their deeds are evil. Pray that God frustrates them. Whatever they are looking for to find pleasure and joy, Lord, frustrate them, frustrate them. Fr bring them to an end of themselves, Lord. That's what you do. You pray that God will bring such a person to the end of themselves. The most difficult people, obviously, to, to win is those who have money. Because money is power. Money makes you feel like a god when you have a lot of it. That's why in Japan, um, you, you have so many uh, that are very, very wealthy. And the, the lowest population of Christianity uh, in the world, in some parts of the world, is Japan. Because of the wealth that they have. And when you have that amount of wealth, you feel that you're a god. You feel that you're going to live forever until you realize that your money cannot buy you life. When death comes knocking at your door, you've got stage four cancer, you've got three months to live. And then all the money in the world that you have means nothing because you realize, I can't take it with me. I can't take none of my bling with me. Fashion clothes, cars, houses. I can't take it with me. It means nothing in the end. When your money can't save you, what does it profit a man to gain this whole world and to lose their soul? What shall a person give in exchange for their soul? Sadly, we're living in a day and age where many have given in exchange for their soul money. They have sold their soul to the devil. They have done a deal. They have done a pack, a covenant to get money, to, to get that stardom, those celebrities, those uh, music artists and film people in the arts 
and whatever they, they're hearing that, wow, if you do this, you do that, you can get money. Wow, is that all I have to do? Yeah, just come with me tonight. We're going to a place, and we're just going to go through a few rituals. We're going to say through things, and they want something of, from you. You put that down. They do some kind of rituals, and boom, they got that influence. They got that breakthrough, what they're looking for, but they get a demon with it that's going to oppress them. It's not worth it. Praise God for that young man that heard the gospel. Hallelujah. People are coming. They're standing outside. They're listening. Let's look at the next verse, shall we? My Lord. The next verse is, For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And, and that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why we get the opposition on the streets. That's why people oppose the gospel, because the gospel exposes the darkness. And uh, rather than people yielding to that conviction, they find it repulsive and they are now attacking. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. They hate Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. The gospel is all about Jesus. And does not come to the light lest his or her deeds should be exposed. Wow. It says a lot. It says volumes. It, it talks about, it brings out the, the human fallen, depraved nature uh, that we all have. Had it not been for the grace of God. Wow. It's this fallen human nature um, that the, the more you resist God is the more that human nature, because it's sinful, sinks to another layer of depravity. It's amazing people who said, I will never do such a thing, and they end up doing such a thing because they don't understand or they underestimate the sin nature. The sin nature will take you dead that you thought you would never go. Oh, I, I would never do that. I, I would never do that. And push comes to shove. And you find out if you're trusting in yourself that Jesus says deny yourself. Deny yourself. But you're trusting in yourself. And because you're trusting in yourself... Satan has mastery over you. If you trust in yourself, Satan will have mastery. Jesus says there's nothing good in the what? Flesh, self. If you put your trust in anything other than Jesus Christ and in crucified, Satan will have mastery and he will Pull you to places that you thought you would never go. That's why the Bible says, he who thinks, he stands. Take heed, lest you what? Because you are standing in your own human strength. Deny that. Trust in Jesus completely. And then his grace will begin to flow in your life. And you begin to do things that you were unable to do to resist. It's all in the power of the cross of Christ. As Christians, that's where our anchor, your anchor is your faith. When you see those ships with those huge anchor just coming out of the side of the, uh, the ship and it goes right down to the bedrock. No matter how much the winds and the waves are blowing, that anchor is solid. Your faith remains firm and solid as long as it is in Christ. Not yourself. Not yourself. Self is fallen. Your human nature is fallen. It is depraved. There is nothing good but Christ. And, and with Christ, I used to hear this quote growing up in church. And with Christ 
In the vessel, you can smile at the storm. Oh, my Lord. So Jesus, who declares himself, and he, he says in the Gospel of John chapter is it 8 and verse 12, he says, I am the light. Again, there he is proclaiming who he is. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, your sins, but shall have the light of life. He's saying, I'm the light of the world. And so we've got to understand Jesus is exclusive. He's not sharing his glory, by the way. Hello? We know there is a plethora of religions out there, but Jesus is not sharing his glory. I don't care how many good things those religions, listen, those religions have. If they get Jesus wrong, if they get Jesus wrong, it doesn't matter what they get right. If they don't believe exclusively that Jesus Christ is God, that he's the only savior of the world. They may have a lot of good things about marriage, about family, whatever, whatever moral goodness that they may have. If they get Jesus Christ wrong, it doesn't matter how much good they are doing that looks right. They're not going to heaven. You see, and that's why obviously as Christians and you hear this type of preaching, uh, uh, they will say, oh, you have no love. Or they will say, uh, uh, you're so uh, you're a bigot. Uh, you're so narrow-minded. Uh, uh, what, you know, how can you say that? It's not, what, it's not an opinion that we have gathered. It's the word. It's the word. Let me leave you with this. Proverbs. Chapter 12 and verse 14. Chapter 12 and verse 14. And this is what's happening. There is a way. The Bible tells us that seems right unto man. But the end thereof leads to where? Death. There is a way. Look how many different ways they are. That's why people are saying uh, that all roads lead to Rome. In other words, all religion leads to the same God, but they are just practicing that in their way, or listen, or their cultural way. Jesus doesn't share his glory. He stands alone exclusively. Why? Because there is no one, Buddha, Muhammad, Ali Selassie, come on, let's read off all these other religions, okay, uh, uh, did any of them suffer and die for your sins? Did any of them pay for your sins? Harry Kushner? In fact, Harry Kushner, they said they are a way. Buddha said that he is a way. Confucius, a way. Jesus says, I am, John 14, verse 6, I am what? The way. John chapter 10 tells that Jesus, I am the door. And the only door. The only, in other words, I am, Jesus said, the only connection to God the Father. And then he goes on to say in John chapter 10, all who came before me are what? Thieves and robbers. Now, you've perhaps heard some of these religions. Oh, this was, this is older than Christianity. This religion is older than Christianity. What did Jesus say? All who came before, before me are what? Liars, thieves, and liars. John chapter 10. So he makes an exclusive stance, unapologetic. Oh my Lord. 
And Christians must be unapologetic. Although we love people and remember that, that we are saved only by his grace, not because we were some wonderful person. We were on our way to hell. I don't care if you were born in the church, brought up in the church. If you had not repented of your sins, you'd be going to hell. And if we realize that, we will communicate the gospel with an urgency. We will communicate the gospel with a love for people and not stand as judge and jury. We're telling them the truth, what will happen, because it's what the Bible says. Regardless of all the good things they do, people must let people realize your works are not going to get you into heaven. Because believe you me, the majority of people will believe they are a good person. They do some good deeds. So based on that, they think, I'll be okay. We must tell them the truth. That's why we can say to them, how much good works do you have to do then to gain into heaven? They cannot answer. They cannot answer that question. If you are believing that your good works get you into heaven, then tell me, how much good works do you have to do? Are you sure? Are you sure you've done enough good works that you will get into heaven? They get stuck there. Faith alone in Jesus Christ. For by the works, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 14, uh, 14, by the works of the law, law, whatever you make a law, you can make given to charity a law, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Faith alone. It, it is simple, but our minds make it complicated because we're so used as humans to work for something and then we get something. So when it now comes to salvation, faith alone in Jesus Christ and commitment, I've got to do something. Or let me say that, okay, unless you are baptized in water, you're not saved. Unless you speak in tongues, you're not saved. Unless you take communion, you're not. You know, and people just begin to add stuff and add stuff. Unless you worship on the Saturday, you Sunday keepers, you sold out to the Antichrist, then you're not going to be saved. So now salvation is based on a day. You see what the devil does? He takes you away from the cross. What Jesus did, it was enough. And then now, now focus, they now focus it on a day. Unless you're going to church on a Saturday, so it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you do in life. As, as long as you go to church on a Saturday, it's okay, you're in. You see how the devil is a, he's a bad devil, but he's doing a good thing of being with that bad devil, isn't he? Yeah, deceiving. He's a deceiver. He is a liar. Church, to come to its conclusion, Jesus stands alone as exclusive. He will not in any way, for any reason, share his glory. As we've read, if we don't believe in the only Son, who is Jesus Christ, people stand condemned already. It doesn't matter how much you love your family member. They're not going to heaven as a result of your salvation. They have to choose for themselves who they're going to serve. If you love your family members, pray for them to be safe. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to pon- for us to ponder for a few moments on what we have heard 
and how the Spirit of God is communicating and speaking to your heart. Those of you that has been snatched from this world and you're in the kingdom of God. What about those who are still out there? What difference are you making? What light are you? Is it under a bushel? Or is it on a hill that people know there goes a Christian? Oh, that person's a Christian. Or are you ashamed? Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. Lord, I know that your presence is presence, present in this place right now. And that, Lord, you're touching people here and those who are watching online. Bringing us back to the cross. Bringing us back to the importance of salvation in you, Lord Jesus, and in you alone. Father, I do pray for the church. Lord, that is really at a place that it has not been since the Second World War. In the way how it has sunk, declined, compromised. Lord, unless there is, there is a, a reformation, Lord, what hope is there for this nation, for this world? Lord, I'm asking that you will remember the United Kingdom one more time. We remember the prayer of Samson. Remember me one more time. And you did. You heard his prayer. Although his eyes were gone. But you heard the prayer of Samson. Lord, please hear the prayers of your saints up and down this nation. Remember this nation. Remember how you sent out missionaries. Many lost their lives on foreign soil. Remember this nation one more time. Judgment begins at your house. Clean up your house, Lord. Cleanse your church. So much contamination of the world. So much contamination of evil where Satan has assigned people to the churches to keep it lukewarm. Judge the witchcraft that has invaded your house, Lord, and manipulate and control ministers and sheep alike. Oh God, I pray that you will come in like a flood and raise your standard in your house and awaken, awaken the sleeping giant, the church. Awaken us out of apathy. Lord, so that we may see the time that we are living in. Jesus, have mercy on your church. Quicken your church. Lord, I pray for revival fires to burn in the hearts of your people. I pray for fresh fire, fresh fire in this place, Lord. Fresh fire on every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you will fill us afresh with a passion for the things of the kingdom of God that really matters. Lord, only what's done for you will last. And I pray that you will help us to prioritize where you stand. In the name of Jesus.